support for this episode comes from Lalamand Brewing. Lalamand Brewing is a division of Lalamand Inc., a global producer of yeast and bacteria that aims to help breweries achieve their growth and quality goals by offering products, services and education. Lalamand Brewing's premium brewing yeast and bacteria deliver unmatched consistency, reliability and purity, allowing brewers to take full control of the brewing process. At the forefront of innovation and always looking to expand on the motto, we brew with you, Lalamand Brewing recently launched Lalbrew Verdant IPA in collaboration with Verdant Brewing. Lalbrew Verdant IPA is a unique strain of brewing yeast suitable for a broad range of beer styles, notably modern IPAs. To find out more about Lalamand Brewing and follow their news and product launches, connect with them on social media or visit www.lalamandbrewing.com. About two and a half years ago, I was interviewing Stuart Ellicanton at Dry Drinker about the state of low to no alcohol beer industry. Back then, Stuart had one of the few online bottle shops specializing exclusively in low to no alcohol beer, wine, and spirits, and by far, he had the largest selection of anyone. At that time, low to no was the novelty item to me. Well, I sampled quite a few with Stuart that day. The only one that really struck in my mind was this Brax Porter. Although this wasn't the best porter I'd ever had, it was far from being the worst. And there was a very pleasant feeling about being able to get in my car after finishing it and not having to think for one second if I was over the limit. But like I said, it was just a novelty to me. However, much has changed since then to the industry, to the public's perception of low to no, and to my own needs. Last year, I was treated for a very aggressive oral cancer. Four months after the surgery and treatment, I asked the surgeon if I could start drinking again. He said it all depended. Depended? Depended on what? Uh, depended on how long you want to live. For some reason, I seem to be very susceptible to oral cancer, despite having never lived the lifestyle that 90% of the time causes it. My days of drinking regular beer are over. Finish. Kaput. No more. Suddenly, I started becoming very interested in 0.0 beer. Today, I'm back interviewing Stuart to see if I have a reason to be cheerful. Hi, this is Vela Mitrovich, and you're listening to the Brewer's Journal Podcast. Hey, Stuart, thanks for joining the Brewer's Journal Podcast again. Nice to be here. Hey, could you give us a quick history of Dry Drinker and what made you go down this route? Sure. It was uh, it was actually all by accident. Uh, my wife and I were trying for a family and we were kind of three years onto that journey. And uh, we had our last meeting uh, at the hospital just to do all our tests and checks before before IVF. And um, one of the doctors just said, you know what, why don't you give up drinking, Stuart? That may help. And he said to my wife, maybe you should drink a little bit more and relax yourself. So you can imagine, I hoped he'd got the uh, advice the wrong way round, but uh, alas, he hadn't. So I kind of came out of that meeting and, and obviously wanting a family, me and my wife are a little bit older. Uh, I stopped drinking and within three months, uh, Lynn was pregnant with our firstborn. And, and then we went on uh, to have a second one quite quickly. But in that time that she was pregnant, 
pregnancy is about uh, about timelines, 12 weeks, 20 weeks, the, the baby's born. And actually, I'd probably done 18 months without having a drink, without even realizing it. Uh, but all my friends kept saying to me, have you stopped drinking? And I used to say, no, 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 I, I just drink dry. And the drink dry thing just stuck with me. And I used to call myself at work the dry drinker. And then I got some beers in from uh, a couple of places where I'd, uh, I'd been on holiday and I brought them back to the UK and just sold them to my mates and thought there might be something in this as alcohol-free started to get better. And, uh, and I took the plunge full-time uh, to start the business about three and a half years ago. Are there now a lot more breweries and online shops involved in Load to Know than when we last spoke? There is, yeah. I, I think that other companies have kind of uh, responded to the customer demand, really, that most will have a small selection of, of alcohol-free uh, because of, obviously, the, the dry January, the sober Octobers. Uh, and I think also because of the current uh, pandemic and lockdown, I think people's attitude to alcohol is changing. Have you found that there's an age or sex divide with customers? Is there a typical low-to-no drinker? Great question. Um, I can tell you that, um, no, I don't, I don't think there is. I think that uh, our customers are, they're very educated in the sense of uh, they, they want the best when they're not drinking. And I think that's why they come to dry drinker. So, um, you know, age range, uh, I can tell you, it's about between sort of 30 and 60 and we found it's a very even male-to-female split. I, uh, you touched on it slightly. I mean, do you think the COVID-19 is making people reevaluate their lifestyles? I think what we found in talking to our customers, that there came a period of time in certainly lockdown one where I think there was a kind of a, um, an almost holiday atmosphere at home where you could sort of maybe consume more alcohol on a weeknight or uh, you know, or at the weekends. But I think after maybe a month, people thought, you know, if this continues or there is a lockdown too, we do really have to think about how we moderate and how we blend our drinking. And what I mean by that is we've always aimed at drinkers, not to non-drinkers, because I was a drinker. I just happened not to, not to go back to alcohol. And, uh, and I think our customers are great blenders. We, we are there for when they don't want to drink. So if they still want a couple of beers on a Wednesday night, they come to us. If they want alcohol at a weekend, then obviously um, they can do that. So we're seeing, and our customers are saying to us, you know, we love the options and uh, uh, to blend our drinking throughout the week. I know for a fact that you're asked to represent a lot more loaded nose breweries than you actually do. What makes you turn down a beer? It's, yeah, it's a great question. My, my palate has obviously changed uh, over the eight years that I've not uh, drank. So it has to be pretty good to get on the site. And, and, and maybe an, an average new alcohol-free beer, people might think is pretty good. But if it's not as good as what we've got, it won't go on. So we have to look at it. So again, we're just pitching all the samples against what we've currently got. And what we currently stop, we think we... We have the, uh, uh, the best that's currently out there at the moment. So it is about flavor. It is about taste. And again, it is about what type of variety that, that drink may be, whether it's a, a pale ale or a lager or a darker beer. So it's about the quality, and that's what it's always going to be about.
Are there any instant defects that you sample a beer and you just think, no way in hell, that, that's not going to, we're not going to carry this one? Well, I, I, I always think back to a story somebody once told me that uh, somebody did say no to the Beatles once. So, you know, I, I may have already done that and, and don't know it. No, I mean, there are a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of um, products that um, that I sort of say no to. and um, But I do test everything and, and give my feedback to that brand. And uh, whatever they do with that feedback, of course, is, is up to them. But I, I you know... Because I, I read all our customer comments, I speak to our customers a lot of the time, I kind of get a sense of what our customers are looking for. So that gives me an insight of what we should be looking for and sort of tie that up in terms of what we get offered. Okay. There's around four or five different ways of producing low to no beer. Can you tell the difference by taste? Uh, not really. I mean, obviously, you know, there are some breweries that don't brew with alcohol, for example, Big Drop. And of course, there are breweries that uh, that brew through gravitational. So again, they can then filter out the alcohol. Uh, again, I th- I, my personal view, it's all down to those raw ingredients, you know. Uh, and again, if you start with quality, you usually end up with a quality product. Do you, do you think there's one method of, of removing alcohol that you think produces a better drink? Not that I've found, because obviously I know, uh, you know, three or four different ways of doing it. And, and actually, uh, we have those particular beers on stock. So, no, I, I personally don't. I, I Again, I go back to that sort of raw ingredient. Uh, I think if you start with something good, you find a great way of doing it. I think the end product will still be very good. You know, I've gone through your website many, many, many times over the years. But I'm just wondering, do you act as a middleman for pubs and restaurants, or do you just strictly retail trade? Yeah, we we do have a wholesale uh, site on there. And obviously, before the pandemic, then a lot of uh, smaller chains and independent uh, restaurants and bars were coming to us uh, because they wanted to offer that uh, low and no option where their current suppliers didn't have the stock or the range. And also, we, we found uh, that uh, restaurants that don't have a liquor license still want to offer uh, you know, wine and beer and spirit alternatives to their customers. And that's been a great success for us. Have you been hurt by COVID-19 in regards to sales? We've, we, uh, no, I mean, we have enjoyed uh, extra sales through, the, uh, through both of the lockdowns, really. So again, uh, the, the online trade for us um, continues to grow. I think it goes back to the blending point I was making earlier, that I think people are consuming alcohol, but again, you know, they are blending more and they are kind of thinking about their health a little bit. Um, uh, my neighbour, I think, summed it up perfectly before me. He said, I, I know when I'm drinking too much is um, when my recycling is my full-time job. <laughs> I, I found that on a hot summer's day, even before cancer, uh, a low alcohol beer was much more refreshing than a full alcohol. But now it's winter. Are there any low to nose that you consider to be a great winter's drink? Yeah, I, I think drinking is seasonal. Uh, and again, I think we go back to certainly for my drinking, if you've got the obviously the, the tasty lagers in the summer, but we're finding great success with our dark beer ranges. And I know you mentioned it before, the the, the darker beers, the porters uh, and the milk stouts are certainly 
<clears throat> we are selling more of those kind of darker, richer drinks. We, for Christmas, we brought back our uh, Irish cream alcohol free, which is again, uh, very, very popular this year. So it is, uh, we also sell an alcohol free mulled wine. So there's lots of different types of um, Christmas drinks doing well, but also the darker beers as well. Can you talk about some of the beers you have now that are new to our listeners and not what you would expect from a low to no? Uh, yes. Uh, the, uh, just going back to the, the milk stout, which are uh, extremely popular. The, the IPAs and, and the pale ales, uh, are, they're coming through now much thicker, much creamier uh, as a drink. And I think you referred to it when we spoke to you last time. There was, you know, there's been a, a kind of thinness to an alcohol-free beer uh, previously, but but now um, you know they're a lot more fatter and fuller in that glass, and the flavour is is absolutely fantastic. So there is there is some very interesting ones. We we've also got some amazing uh, fruit sour beers that uh, that we've imported from Poland, which again has been designed as an Italian uh, ice cream, and 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 they are very very different. But but as a as an alcohol free beer or just a drink full of flavour. Uh, and they're, they're just fantastic fun. They're, they're, they're really great to enjoy in the summer or the winter. You know, when you think of Estonia, you think of really high alcohol beers. Uh, I notice you have quite a few loaded nose from Estonia. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, we've, we've been very impressed with, uh, uh, with Olatz, which is uh, the three beers that we currently have on stock. Um, Eunice is the owner there and head brewer. And they, again, I think they, they're going through the alcohol-free sort of revolution that, that currently that we did a couple of years ago, that they're seeing uh, demand for it. And, and again, their challenge was to uh, diversify and create uh, a range of beers that their customers would sell. Um, and people tell me that uh, who've had their alcohol beers, that the three, the porter, which is a beautiful smoke porter, the pale ale and the, um, uh, and the IPA is... Uh, it has their real rich DNA in it. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of history, obviously, as you know, uh, brewing in that part of the world, and you can certainly see that and the expertise coming through with the flavors. This, um, I'm going to mispronounce it, Insol uh, <laughs> Brueli? I'm sorry, did you say that again for me? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think it's maybe pronounced Insol um, Brew Alley, it's it's. Oh yes, Incel, yeah, yeah, the Incel beers, yeah. What are they? I mean, I just looked at the bottles themselves. I mean, they're beautiful bottles. They're what paper wrapped? They are paper wrapped. Yeah. So they, they first of all, they actually age them in the bottle, and then after a period of time, they wrap them in paper. So again, it actually preserved the life of the beer. They're fantastic, and their new wet hopped pilsner. They actually wet the hops before they harvest. So again, they believe that that puts extra flavour in the beers. So uh, yeah, there is there's, there's four variants um, in the in the range, and they're all fantastic. They're um, they're very very uh, popular with our customers. Do you know what that company Finsol? If they make regular beer too, or is it just a low to they know? They do. Okay. Uh, yeah, Finsol is a very interesting company. There are uh, a number of uh, brewers. That, that worked for larger uh, European brewers and they decided uh, that they would like to start their own company. So there's a lot of heritage and history there, but the experience is there as well. So they've been going now for about five years uh, and there is a, they do do alcohol as well. Yeah. 
Which uh, UK companies do you think are really producing some interesting low to nose? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I think my I, I work with most of and have launched, I think, all of the British uh, alcohol-free beers over the last couple of years. And I think I think where we've got it right uh, in the uh, with British brewers is when they stick to two or three SKUs. Some of them have, have gone on to make seven or eight. And I think that kind of weakens what they first did. So I, I, I think at the moment, probably, if, I, if you're asking me to choose a couple, I think um, Sarah's doing a great job at uh, Drop Bear Beers. Their, their porter is, again, up there. They've just launched a new lager, which I thought was, um, was very, very good. Big Drop are doing some interesting stuff. Uh, again, the you know the chocolate was the first one that um, Rob and I spoke to, spoke about. I think nearly six years ago now, when when I met with Rob and he came to the idea about Big Drop, and I was just talking about dry drinker. So their pale ale and their chocolate are uh, again t- two of my favourite uh, beers. But in terms of a, a very very good American pale ale and uh, Indian pale ale. And Infinite Sessions are also a, a, a great standard uh, beers that they produce. So, yeah, I, I think that the, the the core is very, very strong at the moment uh, in terms of um, British brewed uh, and alcohol-free. You know, Guinness came out real recently with a load of no stout, which was recalled for health reasons. What's the story behind that? Uh, well, I don't think we'll kind of really know what the story was and uh you know it's for them to answer what what their issues is obviously for for us it's disappointing we were uh, we were <laughs> it, we were actually one day away from taking our first delivery so you can imagine we were excited uh, to be the one of the only online companies to to get guinea zero I, I i don't think we'll ever know but you know i know what they will do they'll come back with the products and we're hoping it's going to come back in january and uh, it will be a very, very good success. The, uh, have you tasted it? No, I was going to ask you. I mean, did, what does it taste like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And again, you know, I, I, my brain can remember. It's stuck in my DNA of what full-flavored Guinness tastes like. So, yeah, I, I thought the, the, the flavor was very, very good. And again, as a, a kind of an ex-drinker, I, I would, it's something that I would, I would certainly go back to. I, I mean, just the whole idea, though. Of a Guinness that's no alcohol. Uh, I mean, I find that pretty exciting. Yeah, I don't think it'll sell much in Ireland, but um, <laughs> I, I think it's. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll lap it up in, in the in, uh, in the UK definitely. You know, with the recall, do you think that was just a one-off, or it's something that brewers have to be more careful about with low to no alcohol? It's it's the only recall I can remember. Now you know, so I, I think yes, obviously. They do have to, and there are, you know, lots of stringent tests that they have to go through with the food agency. Uh, so obviously there was a lot of surprise in the industry, but to my knowledge, I think that was the first one that I've uh, that I've been involved in. Besides beer, you also sell low to no wine, kombuchas, and spirits. In fact, are they still called spirits that they have no alcohol in them? Yeah, they're still dist- distilled like a spirit. So yes, they, we we sell them as a spirit. You would traditionally drink them with a mixer um they the the kind of look-alike products that we we sell like a kind of copycat dark rum or a gin or a, an amaretto type drinks have uh, have increased in popularity 
uh, over the past sort of year and and CBIP have obviously pioneered this industry and I think there's there's been uh, a lots of activity behind it and uh, two spirits that we um, that we sell are called Antopia and they're backed by the Grant's Whiskey Company and they had Leslie Gracie their wizard um, mixologist who did Hendrix so she's created the flavors and um, they're a little bit different because they've got 0.5 alcohol in where uh, most of the the alcohol free uh, spirits uh, don't contain uh, much alcohol at all up 0.05 but yes they are becoming a, a really important part of our portfolio in the UK, are low to no alcohol beers, are they taxed like a regular beer? At which point from... <laughs> I guess at any point. Are, are they... Uh... Well, there's no duty on the beer. And um, occasionally we get some inquiries from customers asking us about, you know, why are they priced as they are versus um, alcohol beer? And because of, of there is no duty. And I kind of always say, look, you know, there's still a pro- they still have to brew it. There is a process, but if you if you kind of ima- just because it's no alcohol, imagine the price uh, versus your your coffee, which has no duty. So you pay three pounds thirty for a coffee uh, on your way to work, or you'll pay two pounds twenty for a three thirty mil cola drink in a in a garage. So your morning coffee or your cola from a garage are much more expensive than an alcohol free beer. So I, I think they're you know, they're classed in those range. If I was suddenly 12 years old, yeah, could I buy a low to no alcohol product? Uh, not from us, uh, I, I, but I, I don't know. I don't know if you, whether the supermarkets do that. I'm not sure of their policy. But no, you have to be 18 uh, on dry drinker to purchase the products. I was just curious. I was reading an article uh, from Thailand, and they said that um, the government considered low to no alcohol is a gateway product and um, some miners weren't allowed to drink it because they were afraid if they drank it they would then move on to alcohol drinks which seems a bit silly uh, yeah I, I mean for, for me you know yeah it, it's it's still uh, uh an 18 product uh and yeah i but, I but in terms of policy for shops and restaurants and uh, I, I i wouldn't know what that was I think that we well, we would always hope that we would grow the uh, grow the business. We have a, a secondary business that we're launching in a couple of weeks called Dry Drinker Direct, which is a subscription service that um, offers eight great beers every month uh, at a delivered price of nineteen ninety nine. So we we think there's a there's a real want for for subscription. We are obviously constantly uh, looking for the best products to bring over to the UK or have in the UK to put on the site. And also it's, you know, it's about our, our reach and, and to continue to service our uh, fantastic customer base. I mean, this year we've launched our beer advent calendar, which has been a phenomenal success and our new gifting range. And actually, you know, the response from the customers has been amazing you know they've been wanting uh, these products because there's you know somebody who doesn't drink in their family are can and everyone else is drinking can be very difficult to find uh, presents for them so that that is something that we've introduced and has been so far uh, successful so 
I think we'll, yeah, we just aim to continue to, to grow the business. And we're only, I guess, as good as our last delivery or our last product. And we'll continue to add, support our customer service team and, and make sure we can provide those, um, uh, that, that level that our customers expect from us. Great. Well, Stuart, I'll be talking to you in another two years. Thank you very much for joining the Brewer's Journal podcast today. No, thank you. Over the years, I've been constantly amused by statistics and journalists, how the slightest increase can seem huge, depending on how it's played. For example, let's say I make a beer using genuine Gila Monster Lizard Poison. The first year I sell zero bottles of my beer, the next year I sell one. That can be reported as, seller of Gila Monster Beer reports a single bottle sold. Or, sells up 100% for Gila Monster Beer. Both headlines are completely true, but which one do you think will be used? I mention this because with low to no, at times it's really hard to figure out just how much of a real impact no alcohol is having. A recent article in The Guardian said that sales of low to no have leaped 30% since 2016. 30% tells me absolutely nothing. What's that figure in actual cans? Is this something I should start thinking about? Is there room to grow? How many of the people who went dry in January got plastered in February? Will I have sustainable growth? Or is it all just a roller coaster? But here is one statistic you can absolutely bank on. If I was going to enter the market, I'd be going after Generation Z. Around a quarter of this age group who can legally drink, in this case, 18 to 26 year olds, don't. That in the UK is a record number of abstainers for any generation. In the UK, the average age of someone when they have their first drink is 17.1 years. If you fit 25 and you still haven't had a drink, chances are you probably never will. You want sustained growth? You want to make some exciting low to nose? This is the age group you want to go after. Long after dry January, they'll still be drinking your beer. I would like to thank our guest, Stuart Elkington, a dry drinker, Jim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. As always, a big thanks to our sponsors, to Ross McPherson and John Young for sound editing, Rian Owen for data checking, and to you, our brewing compadres. This has been Velo Mitrovich, and you've been listening to the Brewer's Journal podcast.